from McCormick Place in Chicago, Illinois, this is the ASN Kidney Week 2016 podcast, a discussion of the latest scientific and clinical advances presented at this year's annual meeting. ASN thanks Opco Renal for its support of this podcast. Hello, this is Ray Harris, who is the current president of the American Society of Nephrology. I'm speaking to you on the first day of Kidney Week 2016 the 50th anniversary of the American Society of Nephrology. I'm here with three of our members, Carrie Cavanaugh from Vanderbilt University, Suzanne Nichols from UCLA, and Amit Garg, who is our Young Investigator Awardee this year. And we're going to discuss a little bit about our first impressions of the day for Kidney Week and what we have seen, what we're hoping to see, and what we're thinking about. So. I'll start out by asking Suzanne, what have you experienced so far in your first day here at at Kidney Week? Well, the first day of Kidney Week has been wonderful, certainly beginning with the President's Address (laughs) by Ray. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I had commented earlier about how well the address went, and in particular the content that provided a very nice comprehensive overview of the last 50 years of the American Society of Nephrology, where we, are, we, we were, where we are, and where we're heading. And in particular, what I especially liked was the description of all of the different activities, the breadth and scope of activities that ASN is involved in, hitting every aspect in terms of increasing the workforce, in general and increasing diversity, um, increasing funding opportunities for research, uh, and to define the role of the nephrologist globally. And I thought that that was excellent because I believe that there are many ASN members out there that aren't aware of the breadth of work that the American Society of Nephrology is involved in. You know, so that was the first thing that really struck me this morning that I greatly appreciated. I know I've been aware of many of the things that ASN has been involved in, but to have it in a nice synopsis like that I thought was wonderful. So I thank you for your... your Thank you, Dr. Nichols. Dr. Cavanaugh, what have you um, experienced so far that you would um, think was memorable? I've had so many awesome experiences already today, just constantly running from one place to the next. I want to build on what you just said, and actually I took a few notes myself, and at the plenary address this morning, the first two words I wrote down were optimism and opportunity. And I think that those are things that our group as nephrologists and beyond um, really are seeking for and looking to connect with and find those elements that resonate with our individual passions. And that's the tone that I felt from this morning. And one of the examples that you brought up, Dr. Harris, was really getting back to our roots as internists and being really excellent, broad scoping clinicians. Um, And that then further inspires connections with patients as well as research questions and beyond system change within healthcare. And I'll just say after that, I then went on to um, one of the sessions where they were discussing transitions in care and Dr. Meltzer, who's one of the really esteemed experts in hospitalist medicine and systems of care, was describing really innovative opportunities on the hospital side that would require a restructuring of how nephrologists in their day-to-day practice. But he put those ideas forth and while there was some debate and maybe some 
um, trepidation amongst the uh, people that got out to the mic and did questions. This is what advances our field. This is what pushes the boundaries. This is, I think, why we're here, why we assemble like this. And that's what's really exciting to me. That's why I'm here. Wonderful. And Amit, how, what have you seen so far? Well, I would say that people may not appreciate this meeting is such a touch point for so many nephrologists from across the globe to come and meet. And it's a really wonderful opportunity. I think it's a good problem to have. There's so many interesting things going on every single second of the day. And even when you're trying to get to one location, you see an old friend or see someone you haven't seen in a while, and you start having a sidebar conversation, and you start developing new ideas and new collaboration. And, and there's a lot of uh, good energy always at this meeting. Yeah. Like everyone's so excited about where nephrology mm -hmm. is and where it's going. And you really get almost pumped up after every day and are really excited to, to take what that energy, taking it back home and really applying mm -hmm. it to your patient care and your academic <laughs> pursuits and other things. So uh, I can honestly say it's been like a whirlwind even like within <laughs> the first few hours. Good. I'd like to build on that because one of my most exciting moments aside from finishing my plenary speech, of course, <laughs> was um, the diversity and inclusion luncheon that Suzanne and I um, recently attended today. And I think this is really, this sort of epitomizes what nephrology can be and what the society can help to foster. Now, and of course, it, ha it can only do that if the members are engaged, and the members of that group are as engaged as any group of um, nephrologist anywhere in our society. But um, we had a wonderful luncheon. Um, we heard um, all of the interesting and exciting possibilities for training, both for all trainees as well as for specifically for underrepresented minorities at NIDDK. We had an, an update from Jensen Hall, who was our first Amos Scholar, which is a program I mentioned in my talk, which is sponsored by the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. And also, the ASN was able to announce that starting now, we are going to fund a second Amos Scholar. And so we're really, we, the ASN, are especially proud of this endeavor and our interaction. But there's just so much excitement and enthusiasm in that room, you feel like you're actually floating on air. Thank you, Ray. I would like to add to that as well, because that was one of the things, and the first um, diversity and inclusion luncheon was last year that I attended, and there were probably about 30 or 50 people there. I think there. they said 50, About yeah. 50, yeah. and this year there was 80 or more, because other people came in after we started the meeting. And um, there was a talk by Griffin Rogers, the director of the NIDDK, who described many of the programs that the NIH is involved in, in terms of promoting diversity like the network of minority um, researchers, um, research investigators across the country that's sponsored by the NIH that fosters mentoring for underrepresented minorities across the country, and they've been doing that for many years. Um, the partnership of the NIH and American Society of Nephrology is excellent. The thing that I'm interested in and, and would like to discuss a little bit is the new initiative for additional funding through the ASN that will promote additional fellowships as well as funding for career development 
and that's exciting because we are all very much aware of the sort of dwindling interest in nephrology and I think that this will be one of the opportunities to really foster that and to grow that. So the funding aspect that's being built to promote further research, not just for underrepresented minorities, but for everyone through the ASN, I think it's wonderful. I have to say I also enjoyed the plenary talk by Dr. Stephen O'Reilly, and if for no other reason, it was a wonderful talk, but how many times do you get to hear a talk by a knight? So, <laughs> since he is Sir Stephen right. O'Reilly. So I thought, but I thought his talk was, um, again, as you, as I mentioned, and as we're trying to promote, we really are focusing a lot at this meeting on diabetic kidney disease, as well as other chronic kidney diseases, because we really feel it's important to focus on what are the big, big obstacles to kidney health in our population. And the talk by Dr. O'Reilly really, I think, set the tone because it really emphasized all of the mechanisms by which patients develop obesity and develop type 2 diabetes, which of course is our big um, major cause of kidney disease and uh, adult kidney disease here in the West and increasingly around the globe. And he did it with a number of jokes. Yes, yes. <laughs> which made his uh, talk that much more entertaining. Exactly. What I liked about his talk also was that he very much highlighted the importance of individuals as well as populations yes. and that both converge, I love how he used that terminology, to help advance our knowledge. And um, one of the elements, as you all know, I uh, will call myself truly a patient-centered researcher, um, that I have already listened to one patient-delivered talk today, or yesterday actually, and will be on my way to another at 4.30. And so that ASN has speakers that are patient representatives here sharing their voice, I think is additionally unique, a true advancement, and really exciting for our group as well. That caught my attention as well in the program because I think tomorrow there's also another session on patient-oriented research and also patient-oriented care. And uh, I do see that that's um, a movement that's occurring in many places and it's really wonderful that the ASN is taking a leadership role in, in bringing those partnerships forward that we can really truly do work together that um, will have meaningful impact on experiences and outcomes for our patients. And I have to say, I would advise everyone to definitely stick around until Sunday because that's when Dr. Garg is giving his young investigators address, which will actually focus on some of the large population epidemiologic issues, which I think are very important to understand about um, chronic kidney disease. So, thank and, you. And in particular, that, that talk is going to be focused on uh, living kidney donation, as we know that there many people with end-stage renal disease who would dramatically benefit from a kidney transplant. They, many will gain 10 or more years of life expectancy, they'll have mm -hmm. a better quality of life. Every 100 kidney transplants saves the healthcare system approximately $20 million over five years, yet many people who would benefit from a kidney transplant never receive one. Mm -hmm. And uh, so what some of that talk is going to focus on is how can we carefully increase rates of living kidney donation so that we can meet the unmet need for transplantable kidneys. Yes, and this is, this is such a major issue in this country, in Canada, and, and really around the world, I think. And so we'll look forward to your talk with uh, great anticipation. 
One of the other um, collaborations that is of particular interest um, that I found exciting today was the new safety initiative. That's the collaboration between the CDC, ASN, mm -hmm. and others around dialysis infection prevention. Um, and you would think maybe just having an open forum conversation maybe um, could could be unexpected in terms of the outcome where that might roll. But there was um, an intense amount of energy from all fronts, private practitioners, mm -hmm. policymakers, mm -hmm. academics, um, and vibrant conversation amongst each other for the entire hour plus that was in there. And crossing all kinds of disciplines and not just dialysis, it's bringing in agencies that are beyond nephrology, which will help, um, again, just solidify and found, uh, the foundation of what um, is important for, for patient populations. Well, I'm delighted to hear that because this is a very important endeavor for the ASN and, and for the CDC, and, and both organizations have very high hopes for it and um, high expectations, and, and it can only succeed if the membership is engaged, and it sounds like that they really are already, and so we're, we are delighted that it's off to such a great start, and it has great leadership, and it's really, I think it's going to really improve the care of our patients. As we know, this is really the second most common cause of, of our dialysis patients' demise, and it's something that we all know is a problem, but s somehow we're never able to get a handle on. So I think that this, this endeavor will probably help us to really um, develop protocols and um, and um, paradigm shifts that will help us. We're, we're very excited about it. Well, I really thank everyone for participating today. I think it's been a, a very lively conversation and, and it just shows the breadth of what's happening at Kidney Week. And I expect that and hope that everyone will continue to be engaged and have wonderful meetings. And I look forward to some fantastic talks over the next few days. And again, thank you all three of you Dr. Nichols, Dr. Kavanaugh, and Dr. Garg for participating in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You have been listening to the ASN Kidney Week 2016 podcast. Support for the Kidney Week podcast is provided by Opco Renal. This podcast is copyrighted by the American Society of Nephrology, all rights reserved. All content in this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be medical advice. This podcast should not be used in a medical emergency or for the diagnosis or treatment of any medical condition. Please consult your doctor or other qualified healthcare provider if you have any questions about any medical condition or before taking any drug, changing your diet, or commencing or discontinuing any course of treatment. Thank you for listening to this podcast of the American Society of Nephrology.